you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3, we will be discussing deacons this morning. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to practice a little exercise, okay? Y'all ready? No? Not ready? How about now? Okay, we're good. We're ready now. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your mindset and anything you think about deacons, I want you to throw it in the trash, the metaphorical trash in your brain. And then I want you to go like you do on your computer, and I want you to empty that trash can. All right? So get your thought and your mindset of a deacon and throw it in the trash. Okay? Because this morning we're going to see what God's Word says about deacons. Okay? And that's our model. And all of our deacons know this. We talked about this. Right? We're, we're, we're going to say, look, this is what a deacon is according to God's Word. Okay? Because here's the deal, historically for the church, especially Baptist churches, um, there's, there's just been some confusion there, right? Confusion about what a deacon is, what a deacon's supposed to do, all of those things. Okay, And so this morning we're going to look at God's word and say, hey, this is what a deacon is. These are the responsibilities of a deacon and these are the qualifications of a deacon. And so we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 3 eventually. All right? We're going to start somewhere different, but we're going to get there. Okay? Y'all with me? Y'all ready for this ride? All right, let's go. Philippians chapter 2. Like, what is happening? Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says this. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Paul lays out to the church at Philippi, hey, this is what it looks like for every single believer. That we are to empty ourselves to serve others in the name and the fame and the renown and the glory of Jesus. That is to be descriptive of every single believer. But I start there this morning when we begin to talk about deacons. Because deacons, as Paul's going to lay out in 1 Timothy, are to be people who surrender themselves to serve in whatever need possible. 
That's who they're to be. Now, I will tell you this. I've been here for 18, 19 months, and I have yet to see one of our deacons not serving in some capacity. Oh, Grove, that is not common. I want you to be thankful for the, for the deacons that we have, for the men that we have serving you. Every single one of them has served in some capacity. Whether you see it or not, they are serving. We have a brand new fence around our playground out there. You know who did that? Our deacons. It's okay. You can clap. Go ahead. I said it. Where are you at, Sydney? All right, I said it for you. Look, it, they, they serve, and I am so incredibly grateful for them. They serve so well. So this is not me up here this morning bashing any of them. They are servants. I want you to know that. They are, and I am so grateful for them. But this is to be descriptive of a deacon. This is to be descriptive of all believers, that we are to be servants. And so in 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul's going to lay out, and he's going to say something in verse 8. Deacons, likewise, we're just going to stop there. Man, we did not make it far. We didn't, you're right. Deacons, likewise. Now let's just talk about this term deacon. The term deacon occurs over a hundred times in the New Testament. But listen, listen to me, okay? The word deacon simply means this, leading servant. That they are somebody who serves and leads other people to serve. That's what the word, the term deacon means. But here's the deal. It occurs over a hundred times in the New Testament, but it is never separated from an act of service. Did you catch that? So, so deacon, the word deacon is never detached from, from any act of service. So you know what that tells us? And we talked about this last week in Overseers, right? Look, deacons are, are the, way more. It's always about service, not status. Deacons are always about service, not status. And I think we mess that up sometimes in church. Right? Come on, y'all wake up. It's okay to talk. Have we messed that up sometimes in church? Yes, we have because we're not perfect. Right? We've messed that up sometimes in church and we've said, oh, being a deacon is, man, it's the, I get, if I get to elected a deacon, I've made it. Right? No. No and no and no. If you get elected a deacon, man, you amp up your service. Because now you have a role to fulfill. But scripture says, hey, this is who you are. I've been in churches where, where we literally have deacons who stopped coming to church because their time was up. It's like, what? You, you missed the idea of a deacon. You missed the idea. It's not about status. It's about service. And so I think we need to take a trip back for us real quick so that we understand the responsibilities originally in the New Testament for deacons. So Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 1, it says this. 
Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit of wisdom, whom we'll, we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. We see right here the first election of deacons. And what we see and what we find is this. Okay, first of all, their responsibility is that they meet needs through service. There was a need that got brought up, wasn't there? There was a need that, that some widows were getting neglected and that food wasn't being given to them and so forth. And so the apostles stood back and say, okay, time out. Okay, we gotta, we, gotta, we gotta figure out what's going on. And the apostles weren't, did not have an attitude of we can't serve tables, but the apostles had the attitude that this, our goal and our priority as apostles is to present the word of God to people. That is what we are to do. To present the word of God to people. Therefore, we need some help. We need people to come in and, and to serve these these widows, there was a need, right? And so here's the deal. The responsibility of the first deacons was that they meet needs through service. That they would find the need, they would hear about the need, and they would go meet the need. I don't know how many times I've been here that I've, I've, I've gone and met needs with our deacons. And what a joy it is to get to serve with them. But in the, you know, I look, Donnie, I'm going to try to keep it together. Where are you at? Driving up to a hospital to go see someone and two of your deacons driving out before I get there is more encouragement to a pastor than you can imagine. That they were already there. They were already loving people. They were meeting a need. They were praying for people. They meet a need through service. The second thing they, we see the responsibility of, of happening is this, is that they support the ministry of the word. They support the ministry of the word. That, that, that they are focused, that their responsibility was saying, hey, we are going to do these other things so that the apostles can preach. That they can declare the word of God to people. And, and Man, there are weeks, there are weeks that I lean on our deacons to go do things so that I can focus on God's word and the study of God's word so that every week I can faithfully present God's word to you. That's their role. That's their job as deacons is to serve and they do it well. But church, that's your role too is to serve people. 
so that the word of God can be proclaimed. Look, every time our alarms go off up here at church, which is more often than you can imagine, and it's typically Jimmy Kate's fault, but um, no, anytime they go off, the first phone call they make is Jerry Presley. And we've asked them to change that 15 times and they still do it. But they called Jerry and, and Jerry was up here last week at 1 a.m. because one of our alarms went off. If you called me at 1 a.m. and I had to come up here, I'd, it'd be tough on Sunday morning. But I'm grateful that at 1 a.m. Jerry got out of bed and he came up here and he checked on this place to make sure everything was okay. And I stayed sound asleep so that on Sunday morning, I could present God's word to you. That's part of their responsibility as deacons in serving. The third thing we see is that they unify the, unify the body around the word. Look what happens. In verse seven, and the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. That they unify people around the word of God and say, hey, come, we want, we want you to hear the gospel. We want you to hear about Jesus. And constantly invite people. That's not only a description of Deacon's church, but that should be a description of you. That you're constantly inviting people. Hey, you gotta come hear the word of God. You gotta come hear the word of God preached. Listen, it is, and we tell you this all the time, it is not about me, it's not about Ricky, it's not about Clint, it's not about Christine, it's not about any of us. And no matter who is on this platform, our goal is always to declare the name of Jesus. And we want you to invite your neighbors to hear that, not us. We are to unify people around the word. And so that's the responsibilities of the first deacons. And then we go over to 1 Timothy, and you're like, dang, Brady, we're like, halfway in and you just now got to the text hang on we're gonna go quick it's okay take some deep breaths first timothy chapter three starting in verse eight deacons likewise must be dignified not double-tongued not addicted to much wine not greedy for dishonest gain so the first thing that we see here is a list of things that they don't need to have, right? And list of things that, that we have got to be mindful of is that they are to be not dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain, is that they are to have character. They are to have character. Deacons are to have character. That, that, that what they do when no one else is watching matters. That they are to be men. That they are to be people who do what is right according to God's word. Always. Be dignified. You know anybody that's dignified? Like you're like, yeah, I, I could name a person. 
No? Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, you do. You know people who are dignified, that are, that are honorable, that you look at them and go, yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for that person, right? Because look, when they have character, they're not, when they're not after dishonest gain and when they have character, you don't worry about when they come see you, right? You trust that they are coming to serve you. They're to have character. The, the next thing is this, is that they are, um, we're going to put it up there, I think, maybe. My iPad just went kaput, so. They're to have character, but they're also to um, declare the gospel. Look with me. I want you to see this, verse 9. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience that they are to, at all times, do what? Declare the gospel. The mystery of the faith is the gospel. It's that Jesus came to live a perfect life and then he got beaten and he got bruised and he got hung on a cross for you and for me and he died a horrible death and he got put in a tomb and, and three days later, he rolled the stone away and he walked out of that tomb and he is alive and declared that it is finished so that when you and I put our faith and trust in Jesus, we gain eternity, we gain abundant life with him. That is the mystery of the faith. And they are to be people who declare the gospel. And that should not be different from a deacon to any of us. We should always be ready to hold and to declare the gospel boldly. Then he's going to go on and he's going to say this in verse 11, verse 10. And let them also be tested first then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. The third thing is this, is they are to be unselfish. They're to be unselfish. How many of you know somebody that's selfish? Okay. How many of you have looked in the mirror this morning? Oh, now, now it's rough. Okay, listen, look. I don't, maybe you can relate to this, maybe you can, I don't know. <clears throat> I used to think that I was pretty unselfish. Stood, thought, I was like, I, I don't, I serve other people, whatever. And then I got married. Right? It's like, man, she takes up time. It's my time, Right? Just kind of work through that and you get to a place and I was like I'm doing pretty good I'm not that selfish anymore you know we've kind of balanced this whole thing out and marriage I'm doing pretty good most of the time and then we had kids you're like oh my goodness they like suck all the life out of you I mean I love kids like time out that's not what I'm saying I love my children <laughs> I love my children, right? 
But we say this on a regular basis here. Parenting's hard, y'all. It's tough, right? It is tough, and there are days that it's exhausting, right? And they just kind of, they, they always demand more, right? Like, man, I'm doing great. We're doing great. And, and this is the joke in our house, and it's probably your house too, right? <clears throat> so, you know, they demand way more from mom than they do of dad, but like, I'll literally be standing in the kitchen and they will walk by me to go get mom to ask for something in the kitchen. And I'm like, I am literally standing in the kitchen. And like, mom, 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 can I have a carrot? Like, I have them in my hand. Like, why are we, you know? This is kids, right? But, but listen, all of that to say is that that we all have a tendency to think of our own needs first, right? We all have a tendency to, to, to think about us first. Philippians 2 that we started with says, count others more significant than yourselves. This is a qualification of a deacon, that they are unselfish, That they are, listen, a deacon should always be practicing as a deacon before they're ever elected a deacon. If they are not, then they have no business being made a deacon. For what it's worth. Look with me, verse 11. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. Listen, they are to be leaders, right? They are to be leaders, okay? I think sometimes in the church, I've had this conversation a lot. I think sometimes in the church, um, we tend to pe make people leaders who are successful in the business world. Like they've done really well in the world and then we go, man, they've done really well in the world. We're gonna make them a leader in the church. That's not what Paul's saying, right? Paul's not saying just because you've been successful here means you'll be successful in the church. Paul's saying that they are to lead their families well. Now, what does it mean that they lead their families well? It means this, is that they first, and we talked about this last week, they submit themselves to Jesus. God, what do you want from my life? God, what do you want from me? I want to serve you first because if I don't, if, look, if any deacon doesn't put Jesus first, they won't lead well in their home and they won't lead well in the church. They submit themselves to Jesus. And so deacons and the qualifications of them there to have character, they are to declare the gospel, they are to be unselfish but they are also to be leaders. And all for this purpose, listen to what he says in verse 13. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. For the deacons who serve this way, who serve well, Guess what happens? The name of Jesus is lifted high. The name of Jesus is lifted high. That's the goal. 
That's the goal for every deacon's life. That's the goal for every believer's life. That I would serve so well that the name of Jesus would be lifted high. That I would live my life in complete and total submission and surrender to Jesus. That the name of Jesus would be lifted high. That no one in history needs to know my name. They need to know the name of Jesus. That's the goal, church. That's the qualification of a deacon. That's the qualification of every single believer in Jesus. That they wouldn't know my name, but they would know the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. God, thank you that you love us, that you call us to live a different life, Father. God, that you, even in these moments, would move, that you would convict, that you would work on our hearts. Father, this is your time. Father, would it be about you and you alone? Father, we want to make sure all that we do declares the name of Jesus. Father, even in this moment of invitation, that what we would do would declare the name of Jesus. How would we respond? would declare the name of Jesus. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen.